You are listening to Get Real Podcast. And we're live. And we're live. And Dan, as you know, if you were to take blood from me and were to analyze the blood, that most of what runs through it is metal. That and uh, cheeseburger. That, that, that and cheeseburgers. However, I do like other kinds of music. Yeah. I do. There's a lot of different types of music that are out there. And one of the things that I learned from my experience with the Extreme Tour this past June was that when the Spirit of God is is in it, the Spirit of God transcends genre. Not gender. (laughs) (laughs) That's what you said last week. (laughs) Genre fluidity. (laughs) And that's what we're we're gonna talk about today. (laughs) Everything's falling apart here in the studio this morning. There There we go. And with us, we have a very special guest that was on the tour that I had the opportunity to meet. Her name is Nettie. Now, let me tell you a little bit about Nettie. Uh, She is an up-and-coming, just absolute phenomenal musician. And this is is a little bit about her. Uh, Her first EP was called Got Music, and it was released in 2012. She's performed at the House of Blues in Los Angeles, uh, Howl at the Nation, uh, Howl at the Moon, and and the Red and the Red Room. Uh, her music is often heard on the radio stations in Napa Valley, California, and she has also made television appearances. In 2018, she released her second EP, Through the Fire, and in the summer of 2018, she was featured on the cover of the summer edition of Empire Magazine. So we have Nettie with us. Nettie, before we ask the really serious questions, there's really one reason why I got you on here today, is how long would it, te- would it take you to teach me how to dance like you? <laughs> um. I-, I can already do the bus driver. I'm doing the bus driver. No, Glenn, Glenn, <laughs> let me stop you right there, Nettie. Certain things are genetically prohibitive. Really? Yeah, and oh. that's sort of white guy thing you got going on. <laughs> I'm sorry. See? It ain't going to work? Yeah. No, it's just not going to happen, brother. That's funny. And we also have sunglasses on because I've noticed that you have a lot of sunglasses. How many sunglasses, pairs of sunglasses do you have? Oh, yeah. Join us. Oh, there yeah, we go. There we go. <laughs> Unity in the house right yeah. now. <laughs> um, that's a good question. I haven't counted. Um, I would say like around 20 or so. 20 pairs of sunglasses. Yeah. But a lot of them are, I get them like super cheap. I, I, I probably the most expensive pair of sunglasses are like $15. These right here I got at Walmart. So I'm a, I'm a thrift shopper and, you know, bargain shopper. So I have a lot, but. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> With me, I have trouble keeping track of one pair of sunglasses, much less. Yeah. Much <laughs> less, much less. There's like this thing, they turn into coat hangers. You know, you always right. have a lot of coat hangers, but you can never find your never find your sunglasses. Nettie, you do a lot of things. You are you have many giftings, many talents. You play several different instruments. What other instruments do you play? I saw you play guitar. I saw you sing. You dance. What, what else do you do? Yeah, um, so I play the drums and the piano as well. And when did you start doing that? So I started playing guitar first. It's the first instrument I picked up. And then I got um, inspired to play the drums after watching this movie called That Thing You Do that aired on VH1. I don't know if you guys remember that movie, The I Wonders. Don't, I don't, yeah. Okay, yeah, it was like a fiction, fictional movie. And uh, it just had a really catchy beat, like the theme song. And so I was like, well, I want to play the drums. So I picked up the drums and um, 
And then I just uh, found a piano at the thrift store and got brought that home with me. Um, and yeah, so I just kind of been playing those instruments for, uh, I would say, I mean, guitar mainly, but that's definitely my main instrument. Um, <clears throat> I don't really practice on the drums really re like anymore, but um, but I can still, you know, like play a beat or whatnot. Um, and, and that's been since, I would say, 10, 12 years ago. And the dancing, when did you figure out that you liked to dance or wanted to dance? How did that come about? Um, so I, I noticed, like, I like in high school, I like to uh, watch, like, dance uh, shows and stuff, but... I didn't really like think that I would do that or um, try to do that, try to dance. Um, and then when I was actually in the studio working on Through the Fire, I was co-producing that EP, and I didn't realize it at the time, but I was creating something that was that you had to dance to, that you wanted to dance to. And uh, so when I was rehearsing that set after the EP was done and everything, and I was rehearsing it to perform it on tour and everything, um, I was like, well, uh, I kind of have to dance. And I had already started dancing on my own just because I had a deepened desire um, in my heart. And I, I really believe it's it was from the Lord. And so I just started dancing. And I was, I was trying to find a teacher at the time, but I couldn't find one. And so I was like, well, I can wait until I find one and then start dancing, or I can just start dancing and um, express myself and how the music makes me feel. And so that was a, a year and a half ago. We got to stop for just a second because we, we talk a lot about things that people don't think go with following following Christ. Right. Uh, uh, and one of those things is dancing. Dan and I grew up in the area of, era of Footloose with Kenny Loggins. Oh, yeah. 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 Now, I think I think Kenny, during that time when he came out with the Footloose and the Top Gun soundtracks, he was making up for that disaster uh, Return to Pooh Corner that came out before that. <laughs> but, um, you know, a lot of people don't. They think, well... Dancing is something that's sensual. There's, there's, it's got nothing to do with Christ. Um, right. There's, there's issues with it. Have you run into anybody talking to you about that or saying, "Hey, what you're doing, this isn't biblical"? Yeah, I, I have. Um, I would say most of the people have been really supportive. Most Christians have been really supportive. Um, I've so far, because I, I feel like there'll probably be more people who will um, kind of discourage it or criticize it, um, but um, I'm grateful for the people who, who kind of who understand and, and get it and stuff, but yeah, some, somebody I know just um, commented how he, he thought it was, uh, you know, could cause someone to stumble, and I brought up the scripture about David, you know, dancing before the Lord, and he kind of backtracked on what he had said and stuff, so I, I mean, that was just definitely a discouragement, and um uh, I I think that a lot of times dancing is used in um, sensual ways and just like anything good, we as humans you know distort it and twist it and stuff. But um, I think inherently it's not evil. I, God created it, um, and so uh, just I, I mean I did also have someone else you know comment how she likes how I dance. I was on the tour last year and she said, yeah, I like that you dance and you're not, you're not, uh, sensual, you're graceful, but it, but it's cool. And so that was a, that was a huge encouragement for sure. Well, Glenn was trying to teach himself how to dance as well. And he really cut <laughs> loose. And when he lost his robe, there were tons of people stumbling, <laughs> trying to get the heck out of there. They were running and some people it got happens. trampled. 
It was kind of scary. Well, you know what? It is this thing. Um, how do you say God's algorithm? Like, you know, the we have these warnings about judgment, about not right. um, judging other people non-redemptively. Obviously, if you don't think somebody's born again, you want to talk to them about Christ, you're using loving judgment. There's no way around it. Right. But as far as hypocritical judgment or harsh judgments, and it talks about... Um, you know, not thinking evil, you know, of someone. And it's like God's algorithm is so surprising because I've heard we we come from a cultic background, as weird as that is. But and I remember they would always talk about the appearance of evil. And Mm -hmm. you got to be careful if a guy is single or if he's in an unhappy marriage or a gal. You got to be careful where you go and what you do. And we're not against that. But they took it to some sort of hyper extreme that was ridiculous and when I thought about it, I started analyzing the scripture and I thought about, well, you know what? They, when they did communion, I'm sorry, there's a lot of people with addiction issues. They were drinking wine. Maybe it was weak wine. I don't know what it was. Okay. When Jesus went to a party and made a thousand bottles or more, say scholars, and it's like, okay, that could be a stumbling block. And or riding around on a donkey with your fiance who's great with child, yeah, that might a look one. a little bit like the appearance of evil. So right. you can take things to an extreme level and then they're like, yeah. you're dancing and they're like, hey, people want to come down on you. I'm like, yeah, right. yeah, you know, God's algorithm is whack. And I mean that in a wonderful, loving appreciation yeah. of it, but it's whack. Yeah, totally. I, I, honestly, I, I do anticipate um, criticism and and all that, um, but also anticipate, you know, people to understand it and, and give God the glory and stuff. But it's it's true. It, uh, that's a really cool way to, to word it. And probably a lot of people that will be criticizing or have criticized, they can't dance. And they're just that's jealous. Right. That's what it comes it's down envy. to. It's envy. <laughs> yeah, totally. How come you can do that and I can't? I want to dance. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think a lot of these people aren't creatives and artists themselves and they just kind of don't really understand how how it works and stuff artists artists get it and when you just said that somebody described your dance is graceful for me when i see somebody dance gracefully it demonstrates the grace of god especially like a ballerina dan we've talked about this before absolutely how when you watch a ballerina they make it look so effortless and they're just leaping across the stage Ooh, i do that so well don't you do you do just leaping across the stage like that but it's really hard work, but the person who's watching it, and then somebody who watches a Christian go through the trials and tribulations of life, to them it's like, oh man, they got life easy, and we're like, oh God, am I gonna make it another day? Yeah, that, <laughs> that, that, that twirl about took totally. me out. That, that pirouette. <laughs> oh, let me do a pirouette right now. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> no, it's really, you know what, and freedom does scare people, and I get it though. Yeah. I do understand it. It's like if you've never gone to a very free church with a lot of worship. Well, after we were in a cult or after seeing a bunch of stuff, I get a little nervous. Yeah. You know, if somebody's standing up and they you're not sure where they're coming from and they're prophesying to the hills or they're telling you that, you know, right. UFOs are coming down, you get a little nervous. You know, it's like, hey, that's a free person. I'm not sure why or what's going on. So I get it. And I don't want to hate on people on either side. And But the beauty of what God releases prophetically or artistically through somebody you know it's i don't know the algorithm is whack one of the things in addition to the grace that you demonstrate nettie that i really appreciate is your sass okay (laughs) i got to see you down here in, in charleston a few weeks ago and the song that you opened up with was humble yourself and i liked it because it was in your 
face. I mean, just just laid out there. We're going to play that in a few seconds for our listeners. But before we do that, can you explain how that song came about and what it's about? Yeah, for sure. Um, well, thank you. I wrote it as kind of just like during a time I was really hurting, uh, just was experiencing a lot of like persecution and hatred really um, at the restaurant that I was working on working at and you know if you worked in the restaurant industry you know it can be really really hard um there's there's a lot of evil going on there's a lot of temptation you have to really have tough skin is what they call it but um so yeah i just wrote it out of kind of in a way i was it was heartbroken um just because that the continuous uh, hatred that i was experiencing and then I, I was just realizing like you know more than this being about me and their you know uh, actions or words or lack thereof toward me, it's really ultimately, as we know, toward God and just wanting them to humble themselves. <laughs> so yeah, that's that's how I started writing that song. And what I liked about it is it was, you had it intended towards particular people in your life in a, in a certain situation. And I'm sure David was the same way when he was writing in the Psalms about God breaking the teeth of his enemies. Yeah. Right? Yeah, that, that really brought me to that. But it's really an instruction. I was sitting there listening or standing and listening to it. And I would was almost certain that there was somebody there that needed to hear that, that they needed to humble themselves before the Lord, that they're riding on their own high horse and that they can't make it on their own. And that's what I really like about that song. And for our listeners, here is my bootleg version that I recorded of during the Extreme Tour just a few weeks ago in Charleston. This is Humble Yourself by Nettie. Thank you so much. Cold, it hits me. You're bothered by the light, and so you can't see your pride, your doom is waiting for you. Your father waits, and so I say. You're stuck in misery You walk around with your nose in the air And every day that goes by There is no life inside your eyes It's you you despise It's you you despise you, you despise your pride, your doom is 
just waiting for you Your fall awaits And so I say Humble yourself before the throne No one can make it alone You see my faults before your own it's not enough more show Humble yourself before the throne No one can make it alone You see my faults before your own It's not enough more show Hey, I got a question. Um, have you, you seem like a natural extrovert. Is this <laughs> the way you were or did you have to make conscious choices to release some of the stuff that God put in you? Were you shy? Were you uncomfortable? Stage fright? Whatever. Yeah, I love all your guys' questions. They're, they're seriously so good. Um, hey, Dan, high five. <laughs> we did something. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> Um, yeah, so I, I'm naturally, I, I would say, an introvert. Um, I was more of the listener growing up, uh, the friend who listened. And, and uh, during the years when I started working, um, I worked at a clothing store, and I was forced to talk to people mm. and and just really forced to like put my put like tell them that they're going to buy something, uh, which I hated. <laughs> uh, but so yeah, it, it really pulled me out of my shell and. Um, I think a lot of times we just need that confidence and someone else to help us and help us to, to see those things in us and, and bring them out. And so not, the way that that happened for me was with my work and, and being in customer service and kind of finding that that was a strength, even though I was an introvert, kind of realizing that, that talking to people was a natural strength that God gave me. And so that, that, that really made me an extrovert. I, I would say I, I, uh, I wasn't always like that, but just during my work, um, pulling that out of me. That's interesting because I think working in customer service will drive anybody towards break their teeth. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> I've had those moments for years. <laughs> I'm not going to say anymore. I've been kind of dealing with that this morning on this end, but uh, okay. <laughs> I have had an energy drink. Yeah, I guess that's what I drank a whole pot of coffee this morning. I am, yeah, I, I, am, here. I am ready to go. This year, 2019, has been very big for you, Nettie, and in watching what you've been doing and understanding a little bit of your story, it reminds me a little bit of what Abraham did in, in the book of Genesis, where he stepped out in faith and left everything behind to pursue his calling. This year, for you, you've referred to it as Nettie in motion, and you left your family, you left your job to pursue four months of touring and you're going to be going over to Western Europe soon. Is that correct? Um, Eastern Europe. Eastern Europe. Okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah. okay. Yeah, and exactly. When you heard the call to do that, I mean, that takes a lot to leave your job, just leave everything behind. Uh, that takes a large step of faith. How did you know? And I want our listeners to hear this because some of them might be in the same position you are, were in. How did you know that's what you needed to do or what God wanted you to do? Yeah, I think it, it started with ha having that desire, um, desiring that 
to to go out and and to be used um, using my gifts with music and speaking to people and sharing the love of Christ. Um, it started with my desire to do that with my just like restlessness with with staying in in my job because um, I've never really had a passion with all the day jobs that I've, that I've had. It's never been my passion and just having the passion of music as a tool um, just really just growing, deepening inside me and uh, I just kind of, I couldn't, I couldn't help it but, but want to, to go out and do that. I would say that was probably the first sign or whatnot from God is just my deep desires and, and walking with him and you know, um, I think that that helps with understanding what he wants you to, to do, of course. And how about doubts in that process? Did you have any doubts? Not really, honestly. I mean, uh, when I people, I would start telling people that, you know, what I was going to do and that I was planning on leaving and quitting, having to quit my job because they couldn't hold the job for me and, and then having to move out of my apartment and all that. Sometimes people would be like, oh, that's crazy. And then and some people would be like, oh, I can see that. But uh, when when I would I remember like saying this out loud like yeah I'm gonna I'm gonna be leaving I'm gonna be you know quitting I'm gonna move out of my apartment I'm just gonna be living on the road and I don't know where I'm gonna live when I come back or where exactly I'm coming back to uh, I was like oh this is actually crazy like I, like when I say it out loud now that that sounds really crazy um, but I can I kind of like I couldn't help it and I was never I was the the restlessness inside of me was so deep that it. it I think it kind of made up for any doubts that would have come my way, honestly. So basically, if you didn't do it, you just couldn't take it anymore doing what you were doing. You were you were brought to that point where you had you where you needed to make that move. Exactly. I got a choice like stay in your comfort like comfortable queen-size bed in your own, have your own room, have your own bathroom like, you know, know that you're going to have money coming in, like those comforts and then but in my soul be so uncomfortable or like remove those comforts but in your soul be comfortable and so i was like i that's what i have to do and i guess predictably in hindsight you can probably look and see god's hand on everything yeah, yeah definitely <laughs> the day that you left to go on tour you actually had obstacles, I mean, some pretty huge obstacles that came your way. First of all, I want you to share with our listeners what those obstacles were. And then a lot of us, we bite into the lie that, hey, if God wants us to do this, it's going to be easy. And that's not necessarily the case. There's going to be a lot of obstacles. And can you share with our listeners what those obstacles were and what was going through your mind at the time that those happened? Yeah, for sure. Um so I, I made the mistake to start off with of only giving myself one day to move out of my apartment that I had been living in for two and a half years. And um, I, I didn't realize how long it would take. And also, because I was so busy working, trying to save up a little bit before I left, I was just like, okay, I have to work you know, as much as I possibly can. So that was mistake number one. So um, fast forward to the day slash night before I left and you know, in, into the morning as well. Um, we, I had my couple friends come over, and so we were in my room about 15 minutes in from when she got there. Uh, one of my, my friends, she went to go throw something away at the dumpster for me, and then she told me, she called me, she said, hey, my car is gone. And I was like, are you kidding? And so she's like, no, because we joke around and stuff. And so, she, yeah, she definitely wasn't kidding. 
um, her car got towed, and so that was really <laughs> like hard. Um, I felt really bad um, and really responsible, and so um, if, if there. There haven't really been doubts, honestly, if I was supposed to, do, to go on, on the road for this long, but I did have, and I have had struggles with trusting the Lord that that, that He was going to take care of me, um, because not, not everyone understands the, this um, ministry, really, and so, um, and that was hard in that moment, just trusting that God would, would make up for, you know, the, the towing fee and whatnot. Um, and then, uh, then I had to like, just do a lot. Like I had to pack all my stuff and then clean my, my apartment out, my room and my bathroom primarily. And then that morning, um, I ended up having to go on to a later flight later morning, um, because of the whole towing situation. And, and then but before I went on the flight, I, I drove over to my friend's house and, and dropped off all my stuff. And so I live on the third floor in an apartment. So it was just like going back and forth, packing my stuff, and then it was a crazy, traumatic <laughs> time. Um, and so those were some of the obstacles for sure. Um, I, I never felt like, oh, maybe I'm doing the wrong thing because it was God so clearly opening doors for me to do that. But I, I felt many times throughout my my mission to, to, to really pursue music, to do that full-time, I have felt... Um, like distractions. I, I have felt, whether from, you know, the devil himself, from people just trying to, even with, you know, my dancing, people try to kind of, without realizing it, try to stop me from, from being mean, from, from doing what God has called me to do. And so he's, in, he's instilled perseverance in me. And so that's kind of how I took all those obstacles. That's really impacting. I know when I think about it, and I, I hear you talking, Daddy. It's um, I try to think of somebody that God used, Glenn, uh, that was not passionate. I can think of very imperfect people that have blown my mind and what they've accomplished with the God behind. Mel Gibson comes to thought, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. Imperfect, uh, morally imperfect, all sorts of things. Doctrine. I don't know where he's at, right? But in the name of the Lord, he did some amazing things. He had to do it. And then I think of things like um, depression, anger turned inward, uh, mediocrity, settling. And there's a lot of people, me included, and I'm sure you can relate at different times in your life, of when you don't step out, but you keep, it's almost like you're a constipated vessel. Yeah. Right. Yeah, that's a good. And then you you're not releasing, and then you your anger, you're bitter, you're this, you lose your passion, you lose the zest, and then somebody Nettie comes along and she's dancing. She's she had to overcome some introverted tendencies and and then put it out there. My I would predict that since you've begun risking it, releasing it, that probably you probably feel. 10 times more creative than you did when you were back in the other before you made that step. Would that be yeah. something? Yeah, definitely. Totally. Hmm. I think, yeah, as an artist, we, we, um, desire to release, like you said, um, and just like let go of, you know, what we feel in our soul to express our soul. And, and when we do do that very thing that God created us to do, it's, it's healing, um, to us and to others. And it's a beautiful thing, for sure. 
Well, I, I think she's going to be, this podcast will encourage a lot of our listeners. It ministers to me, frankly, in a whole lot of different ways. Because with some of the struggles that we had post-cult and you get out, you're like, I don't know what I believe. I don't know what I'm right. doing. You don't know who you are anymore. For like 10 years, I didn't give myself to the artistic things that were in. I even tried. But that was so tied up. I was so angry. I was so unforgiving. I had so much clogging everything that it all stayed inward you you feel like you're stuck in this mediocre place and then i guess two years ago maybe i started really giving myself more to the lord and just opening up and giving more even in this podcast was for me god moved on you and i started just kind of leaking out you know i came with i'm like okay this is i don't know where i'm at you know but just the little bit that we've been able to squeak out in someone else's direction to give, to release, to say to the Lord, if you have a question, it's better to shout it out, you know, but yeah. um, I, I'm all over the place, but I do appreciate this because it is ministering to me. And then after 10 years of not like writing a song or written in the past couple of years, I think I've written, you know, 20 or 30 and it's, it's, I don't know. That's, that's uh, thank you for, for sharing that, that, um, you know, that's really cool. Thank you. I pre- I really appreciate you guys and, and all that's ministering to me right back so thank you and i hope it's the same for our listeners because a lot of our listeners are very artistic as well and some of them might be in that spot where they're you know figuring out how to release whether or not to take that giant step of faith everything that dan and i have done is a giant step of faith i mean just even this morning for me um just looking at my circumstances that are surrounding me right now oh man you would think that we should not be doing this right now but Nettie, actually, your testimony that I saw in your vlog inspired me to press through with today. I mean, my the downstairs wow. the, the, the downstairs of the Get Real Studio was like a swimming pool last night with a major uh, water issue. But we are oh, wow. we are here and we got our swimmies on and we we took <laughs> we took care of it downstairs. But you know, in the human, I'd be like, wait a minute, you know, I got to adjust everything because we've got this issue. And I was like, well, no, wait a minute. Nettie, Mr. Plainman had a, <laughs> a, a car towed. If she can do it, I can do it. And what is it that the Lord has in store in doing this and pressing beyond that? Because Paul, he was shipwrecked. How many times? Thrown in prison. Right. How many times? And he never he never quit. He, he just right. didn't stop because that fire was, oh man, that fire was burning on the inside of him. You know, and that's, that's what it's all about. And Nettie, there was something that I saw about the tour that you're going to be on, you're going on the high school uh, high school tour, uh, and you're going to be performing in high schools, and that totally blew my mind because most high schools, you know, with with where you're coming from and, and your background, they're they're not into that. Can you explain to us a little bit about that and how that all works and what you're going to be doing over the next several months after the Extreme Tour? Yeah, so the High School Nation tour, um, there were two tours that were also. Um, offered to me to go on it was a high school nation tour and the exit tour and, and they both go to high schools high school nation tours in the u.s and the exit tours in eastern europe um so i actually was wanting to go on both however the high school nation tour it's it's more of a pay-to-play type situation and um i'm not there with like the finances to to, to do that so um but the exit tour still goes to high schools in eastern europe um and then we just do I, I've actually haven't been on it, so I'm not sure. I'm, I'm going to be going in the fall to see basically how they do things, and and that one's a ministry-based um, tour. Uh, so I, as of now, we're we're talking about doing that in the spring, um, and I'm really excited to be a part of that tour. Honestly, 
and um, they just have such a heart for Christ and for giving kids the love of Christ. Um, and yeah, that's that's a little bit about that tour. And also, you've been recently blessed uh, to team up with a producer and a songwriter. Can you share that with our listeners to encourage them with what's a testimony that's happened in your own life? Yeah. Um, so I met Jim Kimball, who's a producer. He he plays guitar for Reba, and um, I met him through my manager. And uh, so he has a he lives in in Nashville and has a home studio there. So when I was in Nashville in May. Um, I did a song with him, um, which is called Made to Be, and that's still in the works. Um, and that's a song that I'm really passionate about, and, and talks, it's kind of talks about what we've been talking about, um, just not really, despite of what people say, criticism and stuff, um, just being who God made you to be. And, um, and so uh, the songwriter, Stephanie Lewis, is very talented. Uh, she, she's she's if you look her up, you'll find all sorts of things about her. And because the song uh, "Made to Be" was, I had already written it. Um, the the best thing to do would be to start a song from scratch when songwriting. Um, so I I really felt like on my heart that I wanted "Made to Be" um, to be the next song that I release as a single. Um, and so we decided that we would work together in the future um, and not on on this song. Um, so she gave a couple suggestions as far as melod melodically on the song um, and then um, and so I just worked with Jim Kimball on this on that one song and musical influences when you write when you perform who were some of the artists that have influenced you in your life yeah I would say um, dating back from when I was a kid my uncle he was a professional singer he was actually a uh, signed to Sony um, Latin. I, I don't know if that's a proper um, title that they're under. Um, and so growing up, my brother and I would kind of pretend like we would be, my, my uncle was in a duo. Um, so he had a huge influence on me. And uh, and then after that, I can remember Avril Lavigne, uh, listening to her a lot as a 14-year-old. Everyone wanted to be, every 14-year-old wanted to be her, <laughs> including, <laughs> including myself. And uh, just kind of listening to different genres um, as the years went on, you know, after becoming a Christian, getting into that kind of music as well, like uh, Social Club Misfits or King's Kaleidoscope. Um, I really like those two groups and stuff. So kind of ranging from different genres. And you currently have another EP out right now, Through the Fire, correct? Right, right. Can you tell us a little bit about that one where people can go get that? Yeah, definitely. So Through the Fire is on Spotify, iTunes. Um, you can also find it on my website, officialnetty.com. Uh, pretty much every music streaming platform, you could find it. And I'm going to ask this question. How would you describe your music, your sound? I'm not really into genre labeling too much. We, yeah. we, we do that way too Everything's got to fit in a box, and I'm, I'm tired. Right. I'm tired of that. Right. But how would you describe your music? I would say maybe indie pop. Um, yeah, with maybe a little bit of R and B or hints of uh, soul. And the indie pop, I, I, your song that we're going to play for our listeners, you are to me. 
it's got an indie chill sound to it. I don't know if that's <laughs> if that's something you cool. can <laughs> but it's just got that it's got that raw feel to it, but it's just chill. I could sit and just yeah. chill out to it all day long. Tell us a little <laughs> bit about You Are, that song, how it came about, and what you want people to glean from that. Yeah, definitely. Well, thank you. That's, def- that's definitely a compliment. Um, it was written after just kind of reflecting on God and what who He is and what He's done in my life, um, first by making me His own and giving me purpose and hope. Um and just kind of, you know, wallowing and meditating on that, that goodness. And, and more importantly, um, you know, I, I named the song You Are rather than You Are Mine because I, I say You Are Mine throughout the song. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I wanted to just really focus on uh, ultimately, like, just on God being Him, you know. He, he, says, he, right. he says I am. And that's just uh, so important to kind of bring that back to him and just focus on him and here is you are by Nettie. just sit back relax listen and chill. the queen of indie the chill. queen of indie chill with <laughs> sheer spiritual sass how about that for simple and stand huh? talking to you Nettie one thing you have a very um, 
what do you call it? Just kind of down to earth, poignant way of expressing yourself that instantly kind of disarms. And I think it's a real gift. And I think it's just where you're coming from. But I think people can hear that. And doing what you're doing, like I find the extreme tour, you guys intimidate me spiritually. And I don't mean that. I told that to Harry and Mel too. It's like um, going and it's like all the rules of like, uh, you're not there for your own attention. You're not there for this. You're there for ministry. There's no promise of payoff. It's scary because you don't know how you're going to pay for it. And you you go in and you do these things and release so much. And then you really, really go with uh, making tracks to truly minister to people that need it. And that love you were talking about, I think when you were mentioning what you're going to do in Eastern Europe, you know what's amazing yeah. is just genuinely, sincerely, sincerely loving on someone. Mm. I, I looked at the cultic thing. Yeah. I, I look at around the world. I mean, you could have people, you love on them. And you just uh, you give them the love of Christ. You you yeah. are a true friend to them. You know how desperate people are. People would join cults that are like, yeah, before we commit suicide, before the aliens get here to to pick us up, right? They yeah. will join that just because somebody loved on them. Yeah, the the, the whole societal yeah. interaction of being able to receive and give love or or have a purpose and hope when you when you were yeah. talking about that. That is some of the glue that the gospel ought to be so right there with sincere, not not cultic love bombing. Right, right, cultic right. love bombing, they want to get you. They need you for the for the for the fraud, right? But right. genuine love, because we feel like, oh, we gotta soup it up, we gotta paint the walls a certain color, we need a smoke machine, or nobody's gonna stay with our church. You know, we need right. we need a, co- a super coffee shop, and that's fine. Keep your smoke machine and your coffee, you know, that's all fine. Right. But if you're you're so desperate to get people with those means, you know, if the smoke machine fizzles out, they're gonna leave. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and I find the sincerity and the honesty of what I've heard about the extreme tour and just the beauty of cherishing people is so Jesus. Yeah. You know what I'm yeah. saying? It really is Jesus. And it's it's intimidating to people like, I can get theological, I can get out in the weeds, I can do all this right. stuff, I can make my excuses, I can find people so anointing. I'm not, I mean, an, annoying. <laughs> I'm not kidding about the whole break their teeth out. I get that. I worked retail for too long. But it's like, <laughs> at the same time, it, when when somebody genuinely loves somebody, I mean, they'll they'll join up for. I read about that Nexium, whatever that sex cult. I read about uh, Jonestown. I've read about all of them. It was just people that needed a purpose they and some affection. Right. Yeah, they really did. Hmm. Yeah, God bless wow. you and what you're doing. But yeah. thank you so much, Nettie. Um, thank you. One one last thing. Any advice that you can give to our listeners that are artists? Something that you'd like to share with them that that's just being stirred in your heart right now. Totally. Um, get close to God because the closer we are to Him, um, the closer we, we are to our Creator, and the closer we get get to know our Creator, the more we will know what we were created for and the more uh, the confidence we will have to live that out. That's cool. That's well put. Let me get a shot. Glenn. Yeah, we got to get, get a get shot. Yep. I'm okay. going to take a picture of the screen with us with our snazzy glasses on, everybody. 
There we go. That's cool. Awesome. Okay, that's going. Social Media City, Dan. That's right. We're, we're hip and with it, dude. We're, we're, we got our shades on and we're sitting down yep. with the queen of pop chill. What was chill, it? Chill like pop. Chill, chill pop. pop. With spear, sheer spiritual sass. <laughs> nice alliteration. Yes. For the month of August, Nettie is going to be the Lithos Cry Prophetic Artist of the Month. And you can find out more about her on our website, we're going to have all your links up there, Nettie, so people can go to our website, site one-stop shop, lithoscry, L-I-T-H-O-S-C-R-Y.com. And Nettie, can you tell people once again where to get some cool chill pop? <laughs> yes. Uh, you can find me on officialnetty.com, also on Spotify, iTunes, and much more. Awesome. That's awesome. Thanks for being with us. Thank I look you. forward to meeting you in person sometime. Thank you. Yes. Likewise, I really appreciate you guys. This has been a huge blessing and honor for me. At, and so thank you so much. Super cool. Chill pop. Lithoscry.com.